on this episode of Resi Week, not offering cybersecurity and Dante Jones in smart home. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 221, All Money's Green. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by Blackwire Designs, the go-to distributor for the CI industry with an extensive product lineup backed by unmatched sales and system support. Hey, welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AV Nation. Dot TV, And this week, I am pleased to be joined by three of uh, my favorite people and uh, three of my favorite guests. We've got first, uh, Heather Sidorowicz. She's the president of Southtown AV, proudly representing her Buffalo Bills today. How are you doing, Heather? I am, I am just, I'm just peachy. I have my health and the rest we can figure out. <laughs> That's a pretty average uh, response these days. <laughs> Next up, we have my good friend, Brad Hinsey. He is the Senior Marketing Leader at SnapAV. How are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. And last but certainly not, or maybe least, depending on how he behaves today, uh, we've got my good friend, Stephen Bronner, the owner and mouth of the South of Pro Audio Georgia. That tag is courtesy of our friend, Heather. How are you, Stephen? And I am freaking outstanding. It is beautiful down here today. We are going to have a great show because I know your wife is in the truck beside you. So if you step out of line, she's going to solve this problem for me. It's great. <laughs> it's going to be, see, it's going to be a great show. Man, I live out of the lines. I don't, she's used to it. Right. But she's normally not on the show to hopefully corral you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start this off with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. A study that was just released shows that 73% of integrators do not offer any form of cybersecurity services. Not only that, 40% of them are not even protecting their own businesses with any cybersecurity solutions. Color me shocked because I'm not. Heather, let me let me start with you. Um, Arlen wrote a, a great piece on this. So, so uh, thank you to you, Arlen, for, for this fantastic piece. Uh, they worked with the research firm Parks and Associates, who you've probably heard of, to go through this whole thing. And they found that 79% uh, of U.S. households are concerned about data security, privacy issues, et cetera. But as I, as I mentioned at the top, most integrators are not really offering this in any way, shape, or form. Heather, all we've heard about from, gosh, everyone and their mother has been how we as integrators need to own the network, be in own charge of it, own everything, uh, manage the security and the privacy of all of our customers. And yet, if this report is, is accurate, the majority of us, A, don't offer it, B, don't even drink our own Kool-Aid, and do it in our own uh, businesses. So let me ask you, as somebody who plays in both residential and commercial, first of all, why is it that so many integrators are not doing anything in the cybersecurity realm? And B, are you doing any of this yourself? So um, 
I would like to see a survey that says uh, how many AV integrators answer their phone. You might get some pretty high numbers <laughs> on the other side of that too. Um, I think in all seriousness, um, AV and, and IT are not the same. There's certainly a gray area and there's some things that overlap, but the companies that have started is a solid 80 company, unless they've seriously buckled down and done training, now's a great time to be doing that. They're, they're just, it's not a comfort level and therefore they're not offering it. And that's good I'm, because there's a lot of people who might be offering it who aren't really comfortable with it and that's even scarier. Um, once you get, you know, hanging a TV is one thing, hooking up a surround sound, hooking up some Sonos. When you're getting into some AV security that when someone taps in, or that's a whole different beast. And you have to have, you should be quite the expert and have some comfort level before you dive into those waters. So that, that number didn't surprise me at all. I'm really glad you brought that up because that was kind of my, my first takeaway. And, and Brad, let me come to you on this. Is it that cybersecurity, to, to, to put it in that nutshell, that, that grouping or that heading, does not really do anything to explain what we're actually talking about. Cybersecurity could mean that you've enabled, you know, intrusion detection on, in your case, your Comcast router versus a full-on, you know, Sophos, you know, threat management platform or what have you. There, there is like Barracuda Network. There, there are all these crazy firewall systems that do, you know, data checks on every single bit that goes in and out of that network. Is it that there are just too many options here that, that we can't really come to terms on what is a, a baseline for what quote unquote cybersecurity for the home is? Yeah, I, I think so. I think you need to get down to the level of, all right, what is really most important? You could parse the data point that he had in the, the report about consumers really concerned about data privacy. Um, and I think that we're, you know, we're now coming into a place where consumers are asking those questions and they're actively interested in protecting themselves. But it really comes down to what apps are you using? What products are you using in the home? That, that's a very different issue from protecting your home from people intruding. Um, in coming in. So I think you have to parse out both of them, right? Um, but I think that we do need to come to a common understanding, common definition of what's the baseline, what's the bare minimum that we should provide. But then we need to go and educate ourselves on what are the right tools, what are the right techniques, and actually be qualified to do that. Because if, like Heather was saying, if you don't know and you tell your customer, hey, we've got you protected, but you're not really, um, there's li liability in that, but it also reflects really poorly on, on our industry as well. Yeah, very true. All right, Stephen, is this, is this asking too much of integrators to not only understand, because there is, there's a massive difference between understanding the technicalities of properly designing and deploying a network. And then there's a whole other layer that is, privacy protection, cybersecurity, et cetera. Is this just, and I kind of mean this with all due respect, is this out of the breadth of most integration firms? I know one employee at another integration firm that I would trust to do my network security. And I know a lot of integrators. Um, I'm glad you, you thought know, of me. 
Yeah, not, not you. So, um, so here's the here's the thing. Uh, I know one. His name is Anthony, and he honestly might be the smartest networking guy that I've ever met in my life. However, I, I want to. I love what Heather said. I think it boils down to exactly what Heather said. If you don't know what you're doing, stay out of it. That's part of the problem with the rest of our industry. We get these guys come in that know how to hang a TV. Next thing you know, they've convinced a client that they can do full automation because they read it in a magazine. If you don't know it, stay out of it or stay in it. You make me a fortune. I do a lot of takeover projects. But um, here's the other side of it. Um, I think the survey is garbage. Because I've talked to these clients that say they want security. And what do they have sitting on their kitchen counter? Amazon, Alexa, Google Home. Uh, you know, these people say because it's a, it's a keyword. If you, if you did that same survey, but you did it inside their home and looked at the proof and not just what they're saying, these people don't care about cybersecurity. If they cared about cybersecurity, they wouldn't have an Alexa sitting in their kitchen that's listening constantly trying to sell you stuff on Amazon. They wouldn't have a Google Home that's selling advertisements to Facebook. They, they, they don't want cybersecurity. They want the idea of cybersecurity. It's just like, you know, it's no different than putting an alarm on your house. It makes you feel good, but if you don't turn it on because it annoys you that you can't go out the door at night, then what use is it? Um, I I'm think having that, a cake needed too. Yeah, I... I I really feel like that I read the survey and the first thing I thought was they found 79% of people that really want cybersecurity. I know thousands of people and I can't name 75 that want cybersecurity, much less 75%. So is it it not though, most likely the way in which they worded that survey? It is. it, It 100% is how they worded the survey. But the other side is, is people, inherently want to look intelligent people want to look informed but when it inconveniences them in any way they're not going to do it so yeah people will tell you oh yeah i want cybersecurity," and then you go okay great turn off all the google tracking on your phone turn off your voice recognition and then they go but what about what about when i want pizza what about when I want to turn my lights on with my voice? Oh, no, that's not going to work. But now your phone won't track everything you're saying. They won't do it. They won't do it. You tell them they can't use Siri and it's all, they'd rather give up their child. So, I mean, honestly, I read that, I read the, I read the report and in all due respect, I think that the numbers that they reported are accurate to the numbers they got. But the truth is that they probably actually only have about 13 to 14% of those people that would, if you went into their home and said, do you want cybersecurity? Yes. And you looked around, they don't have smart devices sitting around. I mean, think about it. LG, Samsung, Sony, they all have uh, Alexa. Yamaha soundbars have Alexa built into them. Those things are in there because people want them, not because they just thought, oh, cool. I'd rather pay this. I want to pay this licensing fee for no problem. So yeah, it's a cool survey. And Congratulations on your survey. That's great. But the truth is, is it's the numbers are garbage. But this is, I think this, uh, your, you know, the points you make highlight the opportunity for us, right? There are a lot of consumers that won't live without certain services. Um, And part of that is because they trust those companies. Now, whether they should or they shouldn't, that's a different conversation. But we as professionals, we have to help, um, protect them from the bad guys and enable them 
to use the services and the products that they want, right? That includes locking down certain products and enabling some of the others. And, and I think that's just the real world that we live in today. Um, we can't, we're, we're well past the point where somebody can have a home that's not connected to the internet, um, where devices aren't connected, period. We just have to do it in a way that the ones we want connected can, and those people and services that are trying to attack us um, are kept out. And, and I think that's really an important distinction. Is this not the, the question or, or, or the, the conversation you have to have with your client that to, to determine when they say, if they say that they want cybersecurity or they want some sort of protection when they're online, drawing a, a clear boundary between are you looking for anti-hacking, spam, et cetera, intrusion, things such as that, or are you looking to you know, limit your online footprint? Well, I think that our job, let's just face it, we sell toys for a living. No one needs 99% of what we sell. So our job is to sell a lifestyle to a client that is convenient for them, that allows them to enjoy their surroundings. It's an experience. That's what we're selling is an experience. And if you go to the client and you say, hey, I'm going to sell you this experience, you should give them the option. And we do. I, I do every single job. I go, I tell my clients, do you want me to lock your network down? And then they always ask, well, what does that mean? Which that, of course, that's the question that's supposed to trigger. And then you say, okay, well, here's what it does. And we go through this spill of cybersecurity. Uh, you know, are you trying to do prevention? Are you just trying to do limitation? What are we doing? It's the same thing, security business. Are you selling door contacts or bars on the windows? You know, basically that's what we're doing here. And I will tell you that after going through the pros and the cons, Man, I've got clients that have teenagers that don't even want like router limits or what now it's called cleaner or something, but they don't even want router limits. My wife is addicted to router limits. She will turn Instagram, she will turn Instagram off all the kids in a heartbeat. Don't think she won't. She is gangster, I'm telling you. <laughs> but these clients, they 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 want to they want to feel secure, but once you inconvenience them, that's a different story. And 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 you're right, Brad, 100% you're right. Our job is to try to protect them. But, you know, it's kind of that same old story. You can't love somebody that doesn't love themselves. You, you can't protect somebody that it's like your parents during coronavirus. Mom, dad, stay home. Okay, sure. Where are they at the next day? Home Depot, Kroger, whatever. I told you to stay home, you idiots. But, no, they won't do that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the same thing. Um, I think it's a good talking point. Uh, but the truth is, is people are going to do what's convenient. Don't call your mom an idiot, Stephen. All right. <laughs> let's, whether she goes to Kroger He's a or not. wonderfully lovable, incredible idiot. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's change topics for a minute. Let's go to a story that comes to us from a residential tech today. A former NBA champion, Dante Jones, brings his passion to the smart home industry. Uh, if you follow the NBA, uh, not so much right now, but you know, in the past, if you follow the NBA, uh, Dante Jones uh, won a NBA championship with the Cavaliers. And after that, he went on to the Harvard Business School to uh, take part in the NBA's crossover into business program, which uh, teaches athletes 
uh, essentially business essentials and, and business principles, which is really, really cool. Uh, he then started and, and joined a company, as I'm blanking from there, it is Pearl Homes, uh, to essentially start to create uh, smart homes in a sustainable community. So Brad, I want to start with you on this. Uh, first of all, uh, go read this article, not you, Brad, everyone listening, go read Fair this enough. article. It's very good. Uh, and Anthony covers a lot of stuff in this interview with Dante. Brad, what I wanted to kind of jump on with you on this story was he, Dante talks about how he kind of got into it and he, he got into smart home and, and discovered that our entire industry exists because his wife who works for Google gave him a Google home and he started to play with it and expanding on that ecosystem. What they're trying to do with Pearl homes is kind of unique in the fact that they're trying to make these homes that are, that are somewhat affordable, also highly sustainable. Is the Google platform or any smart home platform, you know, whatever level you are starting that at, uh, is that something that lends itself well to sustainability or is that just a really good tie-in buzzword? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely more of a, a, a buzzword. I think really what they're trying to do is they're building homes that at their foundation are built sustainably and by definition right every detail lends itself to better sustainability that means they're choosing products that are part of the infrastructure of the home that delivers that kind of an experience it doesn't seem like google home has been built for that kind of critical infrastructure inside of your home and really tying in and controlling all of um, that home that home holistically so it feels like it's a play on consumer interest, um, but not necessarily one that they'll be able to deliver on um, using that as the, the foundation. Very good. Steven, and I can't believe I'm going to tee this one up for you because remember, we do have other things we want to get to and, and uh, whatnot. So, <laughs> so take your time here. <laughs> But where's, where's the delta here between, and, and I understand what he's doing and I understand kind of why they're choosing some of the products they're choosing. But when you look at this, is, is there a, a delta that you can reach using traditional quote unquote smart home products and actually kind of trying to build that, that dream? It, does that even exist? Can it exist? Or is it a level of, or, or the manner in which you, you explain that to the, to the homeowner, to the end user? The Google products are amazing for an average consumer. Uh, they do a lot of things. Uh, Sony TVs will show you what the Nest doorbell at the front door, uh, Nest cameras, uh, everything links to your phone. The Google product is great for an average homeowner this is not a good product for our industry because one of the biggest problems with Google and Amazon and all these other automation products is the answer oftentimes is no, we don't do that. And one thing I have learned in my career and I've actually made a good living off of it is our clients don't like to hear no, they will pay good money to hear yes. And so you have to always find a way. And I just did a post on this on social media. 
you've got to find a way to say yes. And with the Google products, you can't always say yes. Sometimes the answer is we don't do that. So that's when you hire a professional like us, we come in and make it happen. Uh, so the true smart home will never happen with a consumer-based product because the limitations are too strong. And the reason why the limitations are there is because the R&D that it would take to roll out the kind of automation that a company like mine or yours or Heather's put out. Uh, look at what Control 4 can do. Let's bring Brad's uh, company into this. There is no way that Google is going to put the R&D in to do the level of automation that Control 4 can do. Period. It's never going to happen. So they have the money. They're just not going to do it because it's not a wise investment. They're shooting for that 80% of people, 75% of people. But the clients that we deal with in our channel, they're not in that percentage. They're in the top five. They will pay you. Like I said, they will pay you good money to say yes. And so is this product viable? Not for our clientele. I'll tell you a side story. I have a retired NFL player, and he went through that program you're talking about. And he was all gung-ho. He was going to start building houses and being a general contractor and flipping houses. And he went through all that. And the very first thing he told me was, and Google came and did a presentation. I think we're going to start doing Google homes. They're not dumb. They're smart. They're going after these guys because it sounds good. But the truth is, is I went to that same guy after he got through with the conversation. I let him go on and on. And I looked at him and I said, you know how you like to use the stuff in your house? And he said, yeah. I said, Google won't do any of that. And he said, what do you mean? They showed us samples. It'll do everything. It'll tie in with my Lutron. And I said, yeah. Don't tie in with your Lutron. I said, it'll do some neat surface stuff. But man, you've got some weird requests. And he kind of laughed at me because he's a weird dude. I, I love him to death. He's a weird dude. And um, and 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 he said, yeah, I, I do. I, I come to you with some crazy stuff. I said, you do. I, and he said, but that's why I love you, man. You always come through. E, you always come through. So it's just one of those things where our clients, they, they expect a level of performance that Google can't offer. Uh, but for the average home, I think it is very possible for Nest and Google and all these brands to, that are under that alphabet envelope to come together and make it work. But they will never do what Heather can do. They will never do what you and I, Matt, can do. That's just not their, that's not their wheelhouse. So, Heather, let me ask you this then. Because this is something that I kind of philosophically fight on does that mean that this level that dante is trying to do and and we're, we're kind of reading into what dante does here just just full disclosure from the from the article they don't specify exactly the platforms and how he's using it but this is what we're taking away from it um so if we're wrong let us know but does this mean because there, there's a lot of people in our channel in the cd world that are being fairly successful doing this for everyday people that want some smart stuff. If you, if you've been in a control four presentation on smart home, a level one, level two home, not a level four, level five, but just a, an, an entry into this market by taking Steven's approach and saying, yeah, you know, you can't do all the cool stuff for the average person. Is this not cool enough? Does the that mean they the don't person, It's absolutely cool enough, right? It's, but that's not going to be our clientele. Our clientele is going to be the cool enough and then some. 
it's going to be one button that does multiple things or one piece of voice control that launches that's an entire scene. It's not multiple apps. Um, as my good friend, Rich Fergosa used to tell me in my early days as I was getting more into automation, it's the difference between the Panda Express, you have what's on the menu and, and custom is going to fine dining and getting something that these two things that taste phenomenal together, that you, you can order off the menu. Can, they'll make anything for you. That's what we sell. That's what we're talking about, right? But to, to have an introduction to any control whatsoever, these things are great. And the more that they're out there, the more that's possible. Um, and the more that people are hearing about it and understanding that it exists. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, um, especially Matt or Steven out there, how many times you've been challenged out there because someone tells you that they can control their lights with their phone. And then they can go to each light and they can go to change it to blue. Well, that's not home automation, changing one light to blue, right? That's not a scene. That's not my lights coming up at a certain percentage at dusk so that I never walk into a dark house. That's all the difference in home automation. We're in, we're, what we sell is enhancing your quality of life, but they're selling our products and some fun little pieces to that. I, I always love that comparison because as anyone who's listened to me for a, any length of time knows I love lighting control and I always have the, yeah, that's, that's really cute. You put a $2 light switch on your phone. Good move. Well, Good people know you. you do this. So that's something they want to come and, and prove it to you. Like I can, yeah, I can change like, this. Look, 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 look what I can do. Why do you ever need your dining room to be red? Are you having a rave? Yes, I'd like to just point out the irony of this conversation so far. We started the conversation talking about how 79% of people want cybersecurity. Now we're talking about the fact that this major company and this major person is starting a business based on Google Home, whose job is to take your information and sell it. <laughs> Let's just soak that in for a moment. Marinate. Yeah. Well, I, I think that this, this is either going to generate business for us because people are going to live with it and want it to do more when it can't and seek out professionals that can help and the right platforms that will help make it become real. Or on the flip side, it could turn people off and just say, I, I live the smart thing, I hate it, it can't do anything, it never works, it's not reliable, uh, just don't even talk to me about it. So it could go one of, one of those two ways, I think, um, as, a, as um, projects like that get more pervasive. Well, and Brad, see, I think, it, I think there's a third option there. I always get concerned that this will do and be that good enough that for a large percentage of the population and a large percent of, of our clients, this will be good enough and they won't necessarily feel the need to strive for that, that next level. Because what becomes really interesting as you, as you flesh out this conversation is the price difference of what you can do with a, like we're my personal company, we're working with a client right now who bought a home and they want to build off a uh, Google home platform. So we're kind of assisting them in that. We're not owning it because it's Google home, but we're assisting them and listening to the, the conversations between, you know, nest cameras versus actual, you know, true, CCTV is a very weird 
very weird conversation to, to talk about the differences and why it matters and watch someone go, yeah, I don't need that. I don't care. It's cool. Yeah, that's good enough. Okay. No, I, I think you're right. That's a very valid third option. But they want cybersecurity to keep that in. <laughs> See, and, and again, back to your point that you made earlier, I don't believe people do. So here's the other side. Um, and, and I mean, please don't take this disrespectfully. You know, I love you. Um, I will take this. But when you, I hope you do. Yeah, it's, do. it's a direct jab. I've already you. done it, actually. Yeah, good. So, so whenever you say our clients, um, I disagree with you. I, I, I think, Heather, you know, it, they're not our clients. See, if someone, I'm going to stop you right there, though. Okay. There's a difference because, believe it or not, I've had this debate a lot. I, I personally don't limit my clients on either end, either spectrum. I will take pretty much anyone's money unless I find them too difficult to work with, at which point they'll fire me or I'll fire them. Yeah, I'm in the same world there. I, I mean, if you want to do some Sonos and some Alexa, I'm cool with that, right? I'm in and out in, in, in a few hours. We're, we're paid for that day. That's cool, right? So we'll, we'll, go, we'll run the gamut. I've, okay. always, I've always made the, the distinction, and, and somebody taught me this early in my, my career, that if you have someone willing to give you money and you don't have to compromise anything, right? And you can, you can, you can level set them for whatever that is. Why would you turn down money? Okay. Let me, let me play off of that. I agree with you that if I can get in and out and they want to do, like she said, Sonos, Alexa, and I can get in and out, that's fine. But at that point, it's not your system. At that point, that system is something that they have to own and they have to take care of. So I am 100% on board with taking money. All money's green. I've taken money from people I love and I've taken money from people that uh, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily like to spend time with. Not, so, not all money is green. Ours but, isn't green. Uh, well, you're Any Canadian. one of our bills money. is green. It's candy colored over there. Yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> right. You guys, you know, anyway. So, so uh, true money is all green. So we're, um, <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it, you know, here's the thing. If someone wants to give you money to come in and set up a retail product and they're, they're willing to accept the fact that you'll set it up, but you don't support it, you'll help them work through problems, but you don't necessarily support that product. If it goes bad, they have to take it back for warranty, things like that. I'm okay with that. But if I have a client call me in to do home automation, and they say, we want to do home automation, but we want to base our home automation off of this product like Google Home or something. I differ. I, I, I would literally tell them, well, I'm sorry. I cannot guarantee you that product's going to work the way that you want it to work. Therefore, I can't supply you with that service. And I will I happily point them to somebody else. I agree that you should take somebody's money, but when you say without a compromise, uh, I can't honestly personally say that basing your whole house's automation off of Google Home is not a compromise. I wouldn't do a whole house automation system that way, right? I think that it's, it's about expectations and it's about solutions and their needs, right? So not everybody is going to be able to afford a customized home system, but 
to be able to walk in the door and say, play Macy Gray in the kitchen, and that starts to play through your in-ceiling speakers, right? That's a quality of life. I've, I've lifted it up just a bit, and it's not a full system. Sure, I don't own it. No, it's not customized, but it's a little bit better than it was. And so I, I look at it more than like, like that. There, yeah. I think with anything, it, and, and we'll wrap with this because it's my show and I get the final word. Um, the, the, the biggest thing is always, no matter what level you're dealing with, whether it's entry, whether it's top end, whether it's commercial, whether it's house of worship, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you clearly define what your scope is, what you're responsible for, and what you're servicing, and what the solution will and may look like, it doesn't matter. You, you, can, you can find a balance there. And if you choose to not do anything entry level, good, great. Continue to have success not doing that. If you can, I know quite a few integrators that do really well in those couple smart home products and they couldn't likely do anything bigger than that. And that's cool because they're, they're doing a good job at that. It's, it's all about balance. And I'm sure Brad could go through different levels of dealers that they have who play in the smart home only and the ones who are platinum dealers that only play in level four smart homes. Um, there, there's a balance there, but I do think it comes back to, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Stephen's point. You got to, I know Heather, I'm as shocked as you are. You have to know where your strength lies. And if we can maintain those strengths and work in your strength, you can be really successful when you. And why you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. When you get beyond that, maybe you will, maybe you won't. All right. That's the for today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe you will, maybe you won't. And on that note, we have successfully completed our first show since the outbreak without mentioning the outbreak. That's fantastic. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV, where can they do that? Um, well, my fodder happens mostly over on Twitter, which is tech underscore chi, C-H-I, um, or Heather at SouthtownAV.com. And uh, let's chat. Excellent. Thank you, Heather. Brad, thank you for joining us. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Snap AV, where can they do that? Uh, snapav.com or control4.com. And you can also find me on LinkedIn under Brad Kinsey. We just connected. I don't know how we weren't connected. It shocked me. I know. I noticed that. <laughs> I, was, just, I was blown away by that too. It's so odd. So odd. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, where can they do that? You can catch me on Twitter at ProAudio underscore GA. Uh, you can shoot me an email, uh, Stephen at ProAudioGA.com. Uh, I'm pretty much anywhere, uh, ProAudio Georgia. Uh, look into it. Brad just got his lunch. That's even better. And um, But uh, look, look into it. I love to talk to other integrators. I love to reach out to and hear everybody's stories. So I look in forward case to hearing from you. In case you couldn't tell, he does. It's true. Does. Yeah, I, I do. I love talking to other integrators. It's amazing. So uh, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. Excellent. Thank you again, all three of you for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. 
when you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Hey, Matt, are you done? I'm done. Are you done? It's my show now. Final words. See y'all later. Oh, no. No, it's not your show. We can mute you. And heck, I can call your wife. <laughs>